So when I heard that I had to follow Caleb today, I said, what am I going to do? I said, I got an idea. I'll get someone else to follow Caleb. So let's welcome my friend Jaden. He, he has a poem today that he wrote about sanctuary. Hello, anyone. By the way, sanctuary is an awesome place where people are blessed with God's grace. Everyone is able to fit in with the rest and express their talents they love the best. In the house of the Lord, the people sing and dance and rejoice, for he's the, the God Almighty. He always listens to our voice. Our dreams are interpreted by the prophetic men and women of God, who shows us what our dreams mean, even though they're odd. This church is here to bring joy and hope to the weak and help them find what they seek the most, God the Almighty. Amen. So Caleb just did Fearless Part 2. So now I'm going to do a sermon entitled Fearless Part 3. And before I get into the sermon, we want to remind you that our church is beginning a 14-day fast. But we're going to do it differently than the past few years. Instead of substituting different kinds of foods for your regular meals, we're going to ask you every day to skip one meal. And, you, and I'm going to explain over the course of the sermon what we're going to do during the time that we're not eating. But I want to challenge everyone to participate. If, if um, for some reason, because of your health, you're not able to skip a meal, then I'm going to ask you to take an hour or two that you are going to watch TV or play video games and dedicate that time to the Lord. And we're going to end in two weeks. We're going to get together and all have a lunch. We're going to break the fast together in two weeks. And we're going to believe God for mighty testimonies over that time. Also, Pastor George, he, the Lord spoke to him and told him that during this time, we need to be reading this, a scripture together. So I'm going to encourage you. You can go to the website uversion.com is it going to be on the screen and it's going to have a reading plan starting tonight and it's called experience 14 days of fresh air so we're going to bring new unity to the church pastor george wants us all to be on the same page so I want to encourage you to go to that website begin to spend this year in the word there's power in the Word of God. There's power to transform your life, your emotions. It will change the way that you think. So we, we want to begin with that. So I want to encourage you starting tonight. So I'm going to go now to Second Chronicles chapter 20. And I'm going to start in verse 20. It says, After this, the Moabites and the Ammonites 
which some of the Meunites came to wage war against Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat was the king of God's people Israel. Some people came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army is coming against you from Edom, from the other side of the Dead Sea. It is already in Hezezon Tamar, that is in En Gedi. Now I know why Pastor George gets other people to read the scriptures. Alarmed, Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast for all Judah. The people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they came from every town in Judah to seek him. Let me put that in modern-day terms. It's as if thousands of sanctuary fellowship haters from Brooklyn, Queens and Long Island all gathered together to attack the church and we just got news that they just got off the subway in Manhattan and they're getting close. So what, but what did Jehoshaphat do? He told the people to fast. He told them not to eat. Now does that make any sense to you? That is not good military strategy. Because when you fast, you weaken yourself. What Jehoshaphat did, he told the people, don't eat and make yourself weaker. That makes no sense to me. They should be getting ready for the battle. See, if all those sanctuary haters were headed all this way, I, I wouldn't be fasting, weakening myself. I'd be eating all those T-bone steaks, working out to get myself all buffed, practicing my moves, all that, be ready for I'm ready for any kind of action. Then I'd be looking in the face, working on my gangster face to scare them off. You think I'm going to be fasting? But, but that's not God's way. See, fasting is an acknowledgement before God that I, I don't have what it takes. That the things that I'm facing in my life, those overwhelming odds, that problem that stands before me like a giant mountain in my way, it's an acknowledgement before God that there's nothing that I can do to solve my own problem. It says in 2 Corinthians 12, Starting in verse 9, this is what Paul said. My grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So I'm glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of God can work through me. The end of verse 10. For when I am weak, then I am strong. See, you, some of you, you might be sitting here and wondering, what am I doing in this place? I'm spiritually weak. I don't have what it takes. I'm not like those other people. I can't get up in the morning and try to get all the strength to face the day. Well, then you're in the right position before God. You're recognizing your weakness, and that's okay. Did you know it's okay to feel weak? It's okay to feel totally empty. 
feeling like you can't make it one more day, that there's nothing you could do, you know that that's okay before God, that's not a reason to be ashamed. What Paul said, that's the best time for me because the weaker I get, the stronger God rises up in me. It's okay to come to church and say, I'm just going to be hidden in God today. I can't even stand up and worship. I'm, just, I'm, I'm overwhelmed. That's okay. That's the time when you acknowledge before God, I can't make it. I can't figure it out. It's not the time to run out of church. But it's the time to come before God, acknowledge your weakness. And that's the reason why we fast. That's what we're telling God in our fasting. We're telling him, I have no way to solve that problem. There's nothing I can do to heal my marriage, to... to to pass my subjects in school, to keep on going, whatever that means for you, that's why we're going to fast. We're giving a message to God that we are weak, but he is strong. Now if I can only see whether... <laughs> I'm in trouble when the lights go out, Pastor Luke. Okay, so I'm going to keep reading. Those are not disco lights, by the way. Amen. So I'm going to continue. I'm going to go down to verse 5. Then Jehoshaphat stood up in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem at the temple of the Lord in front of the new courtyard and said, Lord, the God of our ancestors, are you not the God who is in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. Power and might are in your hand, and no one can withstand you. Our God, did you not drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? They have lived in it and built in it a sanctuary for your name, saying, If calamity comes upon us, whether the sword of judgment or plague or famine, we will stand in your presence before the temple that bears your name and will cry out to you in our distress, and you will hear and save us. I'm going to skip down to verse 12. For we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Did the lights come back? I wasn't looking. Here, here's what the king was saying. He was speaking to God, and he said, you made an agreement, you made a contract, a covenant with our people, that if we would come to the temple and pray, that you would hear our prayers and save us. 
Again, let's come to modern day times. You can't go to a temple because it doesn't exist anymore. And the reason is because you are the temple of God, which means the Spirit of God lives in you. And it's a reminder, there's power in your prayers. You know, sometimes I'm bewildered when I come to the prayer meeting and I says, who has a prayer request today? And I got to beg somebody raise their hand. Do you, you don't know the power of your prayer. Do you know you have authority in you, in your words, to begin to decree and declare over your situation that the Bible says that whenever two agree that God will cause it to happen. You see, if you're, if you're saying, I'm going to fast, and you're not going to pray, you know what we call that? A diet. We're going to fast, and we're going to spend that time praying. You speak to your situation. Sometimes you just got to get desperate. Sometimes you can't say a nice prayer out of a book. Sometimes you got to say, God, you promised, you said in your word that you and your household will be saved. God, save my family. We're going to pray in this fast, and we're going to pray desperate prayers because I'm not interested in dead religion. I'm not interested in saying we had a fast unless at the end we're going to have people stand right here and give great testimonies of here's what God did in my life. This is your opportunity to, to learn what it means to pray, to learn who you are in God, to learn that he is a God that answers prayer. Does that mean I'm getting kicked out? Oh. Oh, I thought they wanted my good side for the camera. Oh. What did Jehoshaphat say? He said, we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. We don't know what to do, God, but our eyes are on you. How many of you, you're facing a situation and you don't know what to do, whether it's at work, in your finances, in your marriage, in a relationship, a situation at work, something with your children. You don't know what to do. And that's what you, this is your opportunity in this next two weeks to say, God, I don't know what to do. I'm at the end of myself, but God... My eyes are on you. We're going to take these two weeks and we're going to focus our eyes away from the things of this world. We're going to take our eyes off the problem, off the issue, and we're going to see a God that's ready to help you. He, the, the Bible says that he'll break open heaven and come down when somebody messes with one of his children. So I'm challenging you for two weeks of prayer every day. How much is enough, you might ask? How much should I pray every day? Until you know in your mind that the answer is coming, that, that the praying is done, that God has heard and it's settled. It, it's time for a breakthrough. Breakthrough. 
Amen. I'm going to continue. Verse, I'm going to go down to verse 13. It says, All the men of Judah with their wives, children, and little ones stood before the Lord. Then the Spirit of the Lord came on a prophet. I'm going to skip down to five. He said, Listen, Jehoshaphat, all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours but God's. Tomorrow, march down against them. They will be climbing up by the pass of Ziz, and you will find them at the edge of the gorge. You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions. Stand firm and see the deliverance the Lord will give you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. What did God say? Take up your position and stand firm. The worst thing you could do is go to Pastor George and say, Oh, Pastor George, I've just taken a break from church for the next few weeks. Because I got too many problems I got to solve. If, you, if the devil can move you out of position, you're already done. If the enemy can get you to walk out on your marriage, leave your job when God is about to bless you, to get you to quit school because of the finances, if the enemy can push you out of position, then you're not going to be there to receive the blessing. This is a time to be rightly positioned before God. And just as an example, I'm going to ask Chris to come. If he can hear me. Oh, here he comes. Chris texted me this week. And he said that he wants prayer because he left his old position because God spoke to him to begin a business. Now, does that make sense to you, to leave a secure position with finances are coming in in a bad economy? But he heard the voice of God, and he's stepping out, and he's positioning himself before God to receive the blessing. See, maybe he doesn't know everything about business. Maybe he, he can't figure out all the marketing things, but he knows that God spoke to him. So Pastor Lou is going to come and help me, and we're going to pray right now. And anyone else out there, if you know God has spoken to you to start a business, I'm just going to ask you to stand right where you are and receive a breakthrough. Hallelujah, Lord God, we thank you, Father God, for Chris and his son, Father God. We thank you for him, Father God, that, that he heard from you, Father God, and, and, and he took a step of faith, Father God, this year, Father God, and stepping out in what you have called him to do, Father God, what you've spoken to him, oh, Father God, Lord. And I thank you, Father God, for he's going into this new year fearless, oh, Father God, just as, as the word came forth last week and today, Father God, he's going fearless in this new year, Father God, into this new business, oh, Father God, taking a step of faith, Father God, Lord, and believe 
believe in you, God, that you are going to open up the, the, just the, the, the windows of heaven and bless him and bless his business, oh, Father God, Lord, that you're going to draw the people from everywhere, from around the block, from around the neighborhood, Father God, from, from even from other areas of, of Jersey or wherever it's at that he has it, oh, Father God, Lord. So, God, I just pray, Lord, you bring the people to his business, oh, Father God. And I pray, Father God, that he may put you first, Father God, that he may put you first in every area of his life, Father God, even including his business, Father God, that he will not take a step or move to the left or to the right as you tell him, Father God. I pray, Father God, that you give him wisdom and strategy, Father God, how to deal with the finances, Father God, and, 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 and what to do and how to plan, Father God, and how to market, oh, Father God, and how to get the word out, oh, Father God. I speak favor over him, oh, Father God. Your favor upon his life in every area, my God. Lord, and even, Father God, Lord, that, that you know, you're, you're blessing him with this, Father God. I pray, Lord, you know, as, as the business, Father God, is a, 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 a gym, Father God, you know, lifting weights, training, Father God, Lord, that people can get in shape, Father God. I pray, Father God, that you may use him to minister to people there, Father God, Lord Jesus, Lord, that, that, that your name will be glorified, Father God, in that gym, oh, Father God, Lord. That he would be able to share his testimony, Father God, Lord. And people will get saved, Father God. So not only would they get, you know, fit physically, Father God, but spiritually, Father God, Lord. Use him, Father God. And whoever he has in his staff, oh, Father God. Let him be the light in that place. Let when people walk into that gym, that they may feel your presence in that place, oh, Father God, Lord. That there's something different about this place. Yes, it's a gym, but, man, I feel different. When I walk in here, I feel like such a peace. You know, I feel like, man, I, I'm free in this place, God. So use him, bless him and his family, Father God, Lord. That he will leave an inheritance for his children and his children's children, Father God. And his grandkids and great-grandkids, oh, Father God. And Lord, Father God, for those who are out there right now, God, who are looking to start a business, Father God, give them clarity, give them vision, Father God, Lord, and, and, and show them the, the steps, what are they to do next, Father God, who connect them with the right people, Father God, Lord, to, to get the, the, the vision just coming forth, oh, Father God, and that they may trust you, Father God, and take a step of faith, just like Chris did, he's taking a step of faith and, and walking on water, that they may do the same, oh, Father God. I thank you in the name of Jesus, amen and amen. Amen. I, I just want to give you a quote from someone named Jim Hightower. He said, the opposite of courage is not cowardice, it is conformity. Even a dead fish can go with the flow. You see, as Christians, we're not called to fit in. We're not to call to give in to the discouragers, to the haters, those who tell you that you can't do it. But the scripture says, if you'll just position yourself before God, keep believing, keep standing. I'm not going to be pushed back. I'm not going to be moved, the word says. The Bible says, I'm not going to turn to the left. I'm not going to the right. I'm standing where God placed me. And if you don't like it, if you don't believe in me, I'm still going to stand. I'm not going to give up on the promise. I'm not going to give up on the dream, the, the thing that God spoke to me. I'm going to come to him in prayer and say, God, you promised. You know, God loves it when you remind him of what he said. You keep doing that every day. That's what prayer is. 
I come to God and say, God, you said that you would meet every need and I can't pay that bill. God, you promised. I remind him and I keep doing it till the answer comes because God loves persistence. He loves when you annoy him. Did you know that? That's what the word says. That he loves when you keep knocking until it comes, the thing that you're believing for. And, and that's why we're fasting during this time. We're believing God for the impossible. He's not a God that just flows along in society. He's a supernatural God who will break the laws of nature for you. He'll move anyone who stands in your way. He'll do whatever it takes. Why? Because he is on your side. But you need to start believing it. Because they did one more thing. They fasted. They prayed. They took their positions for the battle. But God said, you're not going to have to fight this fight. You see, I don't know. I'm older than most of you. But I'm tired of fighting. I've been fighting my whole life. Everything of hell breaking out. Day after day, I'm tired. Until I came to the realization that I don't have to fight anymore. Because there's a God who loves me enough that he's, he's ready to fight my battles. He's ready to go out in my behalf. He's ready to begin to answer my prayers even before I ask them. Say, I have dreams. There's things I want to accomplish that God promised in my life, and I have no idea how it could happen. It's all impossible. And I'm tired of going around looking to see what man or woman or pastor is going to help me. You know what I learned that I live long enough? There's nobody's going to come up and help you pick you up you know why because most people are more interested in what you can do for them I go to all these meetings thinking pastors meetings maybe someone will, will meet me and say here we're going to send you to preach all over the world you know what I find people handing me their cards thinking I'm going to send them to preach all over the world why because man got nothing for me I'm not going to rely on man anymore. Now, one more day. I, your employer got nothing for you. Your rich relative got nothing for you. God's got everything. I'm not going to fight anymore. I'm not going to strive anymore. No more sleepless nights in this new year. Because I know that there's a God that if I lay it all down, that God will pick up my cause, and he's going to fight. I'm not going to read the scripture, but here's how the story ended. Now, here was the, the God's people, the people of Judah. Back in those days, that, that was God's people. And they had a small nation, and they were surrounded by big nations. And all of a sudden, all these nations started to attack, and they were just about to get wiped out. They were one town away. They didn't know what to do. So they fasted, they prayed, 
They took up their position in the battle, but they did one more thing, the Bible says. They began to sing to the Lord. They began to worship. They began to praise Him. Do you think when we come here worship week after week, it's because Pastor Ephraim wants to teach you some nice songs so you could get warm fuzzies? Do you think we, we devote an hour every week to singing? Because some of you like music? Do you know that when you worship, when you sing to the Lord, that you release angels to fight for you? Do you know that when you begin to praise God, the word says that God lives in your praises and he begins to, to release his presence. He changes the atmosphere and he begins to fight. I, I want to read this from Isaiah 30. It's a scripture I never noticed before. And this was about another enemy of, of, the, of Israel. The Assyrians. It says, The voice of the Lord will shatter Assyria. With his rod he will strike them down. Every stroke the Lord lays on them with his punishing club will be to the music of timbrels and harps as he fights them in battle with the blows of his arm. What is he saying? As you worship... As you make music to God, you're not just feeling good. It's, worship is not just preparing you for the word. When you begin to worship, it's the soundtrack for war. You're releasing the mighty hand of God, destroying your enemies. He's breaking the power of those demonic powers that are trying to destroy your marriage, rob your finances. There's power in praise. When those people, it says, they bow down and worship. And instead of going out with guns, they went out with tambourines. They began to sing. And the next thing they knew, the whole enemy was wiped out. It's not about who you know, how much influence you have, how spiritual you are. It's all about you humbling yourself in these next two weeks. And you're going to say, God, I can't do it. I can't make it. But that hour that I'm not eating, I'm going to praise you. I'm going to worship until all heaven comes down and changes my situation. If you got a sickness in your body or in your family, we're going to begin to believe God to do what doctors can't do. So here's what we're going to do right now. I'm going to ask Melissa to come. And as she comes, I want to ask the ushers to give out the elements of the communion. When you receive it, the bread and the little cup of grape juice, don't eat it or drink it right now. Just hold on to it and we'll give instructions.
Amen. So here's how I want to close as you have your communion. Everyone on the ministry team, all the church leaders, 
Those of you who are on the worship team who don't play instruments, who are singing, I'm going to ask you to come up quickly because we need a lot of prayer people. So this is the day to listen to the sign that says fearless. You're, this is your third thing about being fearless. So I know we got a lot more. If you could please come quickly. We're going to need a lot. And those on the worship team who play the instruments, if you could come. But here's what I want you to do. I'm going to ask you right now, if you're willing to take the challenge and say, for the next two weeks, I'm going to miss one meal a day, and in that time, I'm going to make time, I'm going to pray over my situation. I'm going to pray for this church. I'm going to spend some time worshiping and getting in the Word. If that's you, I'm just going to ask you to stand all over right now, just where you are. And again, if you're too sick to fast, then I'm just going to ask you to fast something and take that time where you would have been on your Xbox. Get in your Jesus box. And this is what I want you to do. And we have to pray short prayers. But I want you right now to determine in your mind <coughs> the thing that you're believing for the most in, this, in these two weeks. The thing that you want God to do. Maybe, maybe you, you're asking God to bring you a mate. Maybe you, you want a promotion. You, some of you, you can't overcome your depression. Some of, you, some of you, you've had a dream to buy a house and it just never happens. But that one thing you're asking God for, I'm going to ask you to come up and we have people who will agree with you in prayer, but I want you to come up, take the communion as they pray, in order to say, God, I'm making an agreement with you. I'm covenanting with you that for the next two weeks, I'm going to set time aside to seek your face. And we're going to remind him of his promise. The, the bread and the grape juice, it symbolizes his death. He died so that we can have victory, so that we can be overcomers. So that nothing can stand in our way. So we have to pray short prayers. If you're here with your family, please come up together with your family. And, and we'll agree with one prayer for your family. If you're single, I'm going to ask men to come with men and women with women. So that you could feel free to share, to speak whatever it is and not be embarrassed. So I'm just going to invite you to come right now. Just come right now from all over, wherever you are. Come and you take communion with that person and you share with them the, the need, the thing that's on your heart. And they're going to pray for you. We're going to have breakthrough in this place. In the next two weeks, people are not going to recognize your life anymore.